This is a Brew Monday bonus track for listeners of I Am, I Have, and we'd love you to take a tea break. Grab a cuppa and a slice of cake, have a listen and a think about how you can connect with others in lockdown. Happy Fools Ellen Hoggard catches up with Laura Adlington, finalist of Great British Bake Off's Class of 2020. They talk about lockdown, catching up with friends, the extended Bake Off family, Laura's experiences of trolling, her listening role in Samaritans and Brew Monday. Brew Monday is about so much more than a cup of tea. It's about checking in, reaching out and staying connected. For more information, visit Samaritans.org. And if you need to talk to someone, you can call 116-123, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also email joe at Samaritans.org. Help is available. I am, I have is back on Tuesday. But in the meantime, enjoy your brew and we'll join Ellen and Laura for their natter. Absolutely. I do like a cup of tea, but it's more to keep my hands warm, if I'm honest. Got <laughs> um, <laughs> one mug too. Here we go. Lovely cup of tea. What I wanted to start with is how are you? How are you doing? Do oh, you- that's a nice question. I don't, don't normally get asked that. Yeah, no, I'm doing all right, thank you. Yeah, I think I found, like a lot of people, I think I found this, um, well, certainly the announcement of the third lockdown, um, really quite tough I don't know why it was so different I think maybe I was really lucky last year I had Bake Off this time I think um I had Covid over Christmas and um I just felt quite isolated and a bit lonely and I think yeah the, the latest announcement kind of got to me a bit but I'm trying to take each day as it comes and um I have actually been trying to reach out to a lot of people like family and friends and like have conversations which I don't always want to do that but it does make mm-hmm. me feel better so yeah I'm doing all right thank you good yeah it's definitely um funny isn't it and I find myself anyway I've been working we've been working from home since March which is fine we're very used to zoom and you know kind of digitally communicating with everyone but I do find that I have to really try hard to socialize with friends and family out of work it's the last thing I want to do when I've been at a screen all day but it's what we need to do isn't it really I think right now I think because we did quite a lot of zoom calls like a lot of people did a lot of zoom calls Mm. and chats first time around then the novelty wore off a little bit and sometimes it is quite easy isn't it to get complacent and kind of just go oh I haven't really got time but you have really like and I tend to put it off and make a big thing out of it like calling somebody but I have been really trying lately to make myself because I know that I feel better for it and I think sometimes it is just about kind of giving yourself a bit of a bit of a push and a bit of a kick because nine times out of ten it will if not ten times out of ten it does help yeah so are you feeling I'm not going to say fully recovered because I know Covid can hang around for quite a while afterwards but are you feeling better than you did over Christmas yeah much better thank you yeah it was a little bit um miserable having it over Christmas but I think we were very lucky I know a lot of people are really poorly with it and obviously you know had to have like further treatment so really counting our blessings to be honest with you and pretty much pretty much feeling back to normal health now so it's good well, that's good and a good way to start the year even though yeah the year is starting slightly different than it normal year <laughs> it's so weird isn't it I think I feel like everyone's really hopeful for 2021 and obviously you know like yeah we should be and stuff and you know it is challenging but we've just got to get through it and you know support each other we can do it I think we're just over a week into our third national lockdown Britain anyway how are you coping with it so you've said obviously talking to friends and loved ones is kind of a big thing what are you doing kind of day to day to keep yourself entertained I suppose it's a tough one and I don't always have good days like there are some days where I don't really want to get out of bed and I don't really want to do anything but talking really does help me I personally get a lot of comfort out of like helping other people so even if I'm having a down day I will phone somebody else and be like how are you doing and to know that I'm 
I've listened to that person yeah I don't always sound altruistic but that I genuinely like that makes me feel better so that um that definitely helps and then I suppose like most people I've just been binge watching Netflix TV shows Bridgerton oh my god I love that yeah I'm gonna have to rewatch it I think yeah and lots of tea and chocolate I think that's pretty much the only way that I'm getting through it (laughs) yeah there's definitely not a magic solution is there there isn't and I think there's a lot of pressure to you know especially maybe more so towards the first lockdown but like to you know get a new hobby and achieve something and actually honestly like it's too much pressure like we none of us need it you just got to get through it and we've just got to stay at home and it's okay if you don't achieve anything in the day if you wake up and you kind of you know eating something and brush your teeth then that sometimes some days that's enough so it's about not being hard on yourself somebody I was chatting to the other day actually did say something which really resonated with me she said we'll never get this time back and as much as it is hard now you know there were a lot of pressures before like we've got a big family like divorced parents two sets of divorced parents we were always rushing around and running around and you know, as tough as it can be, we will never get this back. So I'm trying, I don't, it doesn't always happen, but I'm trying to make the most of the downtime and the quiet time too. That's such a lovely way to think about it as well. It's it's just a bit of perspective, isn't it? And I know, um, you know, there are certain people that aren't necessarily getting this time, NHS workers, you know, emergency services, supermarkets even. But for those of us who we've been privileged with this time, I think that's such a lovely way to be thinking about it. And when else are you going to get stuck with your partner or your family or whoever you're living with if you are fortunate enough to do so yeah exactly we've just got to make sure the people that are on their own are looked after and supported yeah while I say you know try and make the most of it like it is also really hard I think if you are living on your own then yeah that's an an incredibly hard thing to to kind of have to 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 go through so I mean that's why we're sort of talking today about the Free Monday campaign is about kind of reaching out and connecting with people. If you want to talk about Free Monday campaign a little bit more and um, what it is and what you think about being an ambassador for it. I'm really proud and really honoured and I've been a Samaritans volunteer like a listening volunteer for um two and a half three years now um and it's something that I feel very uh, it's a very humbling experience to be a Samaritans volunteer it probably sounds a bit strange to say I enjoy it but I really do I get a lot out of it personally Uh, so yeah to be kind of like championing this campaign is um yeah it's a fantastic opportunity I feel very honoured so the whole point of it is flipping blue Monday which is supposed to be like the saddest day of the year on its head and actually rather than it being a sad day that hopefully it's a day about connection it's not really about a day and it's not about mm-hmm. just having a cup of tea it's really about like the whole of winter and like however long this lockdown's going to go on for so it's about you know picking up the phone or even you know having a, a zoom call or a text or something with somebody and having a real connection and and listening as well that's the other mm-hmm. kind of part of the big campaign that we're trying to get that message across a lot of people think they're good listeners and sometimes they're not always a lot of the time we listen to respond and so sometimes it's about kind of sitting back holding back a bit allowing someone to just talk without judgment without interrupting without giving them advice and that's something we really want to do is just get yeah get people talking and get people listening a little bit more um sometimes you just need to vent don't you and get it off your chest so that's what Mm -hmm. it's all about it's active listening isn't it i think which is the difference i think Actually, all of us at Happiful now have had mental health first aid training. Oh, fantastic. um, Which is all about active listening and that difference, you know, between you're not listening to, you don't necessarily need to give a response to everything and to every problem. Sometimes you just, that person needs to just get it off their chest. They just need to talk about it out loud. Yeah. Knowing that no one's going to judge them. 
you don't always want advice <laughs> no exactly yeah a lot of people obviously they think that they're me- they're really well meaning and so it's you know it's coming from a place of love but it's okay to say to somebody like oh, it's okay like I don't you know actually I just kind of want to rant or um you know I just need to get this off my chest and hope that they'll listen mm-hmm. but that's what the Samaritans are there for as well it's non-judgmental like we're a listening service you know we'll support you and obviously and, and kind of give you encouragement but really it's a place for people like to go and just talk and I think one of the common misconceptions about Samaritans is that it's people that are on the brink of suicide or feeling Mm -hmm. suicidal and actually it's not of course we're there to support those people when they're in their time of need but actually if you're having just a really down day or you're feeling anxious or depressed or low or really particularly lonely that's what the service is there for as well so I think I would encourage anyone you know reach out to family reach out to friends have a like a virtual cup of tea if you can't do that Samaritans is always there you know like we're a 24-7 service you know we're there we're never going to judge you we're there to listen and and we're there to support it's completely anonymous as well isn't it so it is yeah it it is yeah and I think that's the other thing that I think people really like about it and sometimes you know you'll end a call and people will say to you thank you so much and you kind of go I didn't I didn't do anything like I didn't actually really say anything (laughs) But it's just listening. It can have such a big impact on people. And it and it can, it sounds dramatic, but it can be kind of case of life and death sometimes. Mm-hmm. People feel listened to without judgment because, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people that kind of are holding back and they don't want to burden family and friends with maybe like dark feelings and thoughts mm-hmm. like that. So the, yeah, Samaritans is great for that, I think, for people to be able to be open and honest about their mental health. And I think year round they've always been doing remarkable work and credit to you know listening volunteers and everyone that works for them in whatever capacity because it's a lot as well to take on you know obviously you are listening to sometimes really quite distressed callers how do you kind of cope with that are you able to kind of disengage from it um like once you put the phone down do you need to take a moment to look after yourself after that like really does depend like sometimes you think that a really harrowing call will really stick with you it's not that you become desensitized here because mm-hmm. you still you always care but I think that the training is really good and really thorough so that you do kind of have to compartmentalize a little bit because I'm a very emotional very sensitive person and if I took everyone's worries home with me I would be a wreck and I wouldn't get out of bed so you do kind of have to put it in a box a little bit you always kind of debrief after a shift with like your team leader so you Mm -hmm. obviously it's it's a confidential everything that is said on a call but you debrief to someone within Samaritans and yeah I mean I'd be lying if I said some calls didn't kind of still stick with me now and I I often sort of sit in my kitchen and think I really hope they're okay and I wonder if they've got out of that situation but yeah you do have to just kind of um, leave it at the call sometimes because you'll never know and obviously you know you've kind of got to be resilient enough to then take on the next call thank you for everything that you do oh bless you no I genuinely really enjoy it like there are some some days where you think god like it's hard you know it's hard work Mm -hmm. but yeah I generally like I really love it like I a lot most of the time I'll leave a shift even if I just help one person like that's enough Mm -hmm. for me so yeah I feel very privileged to do it it is it does put things into perspective as well like Mm -hmm. in like your own life you said earlier actually you like you love helping people you do like to be that person whether it's friends whether it's family whether it is 
you know, in your position as a listening volunteer. What was it that made you become a volunteer for Samaritans? Um, I've struggled with my mental health a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I think from probably quite a young age, like 13, 14, like I remember being at school and just feeling really lonely. And like, I think I look back now and I think I probably was depressed, to be honest with you. Throughout my kind of teenage years and even my university days, I, I think I struggled with anxiety and depression. I just didn't really know it. Um, and I didn't really go and get help. So I kind of empathise with people that are in that position. And I think there have been, you know, days in you know, my even early 20s where I felt like I didn't really want to be here anymore. While I've never tried to end my life or, or, or anything like that, I can kind of empathise with people that are in the situation they don't want to be here anymore. So for me, I've always liked helping people, um, passionate about mental health. The two kind of went hand in hand. And I just thought... You know what, I think I'd really like to do that and I'm so glad I did it's one of the best things I've ever done do you talk with such passion as well it's not yeah. like you said it's not a chore it's something that you love doing and it's as heavy as it can be you are helping someone and a lot of people say to me oh I couldn't do that like it's too much like I couldn't do it and actually like I said to you I'm quite an emotional sensitive person and I think that was my worry too but yeah I mean obviously I'm not here to plug being a volunteer but all I will say is that anyone can do it like if you've got any kind of ounce of empathy and like you can listen then you can be a Samaritan's volunteer and it's good to plug being a volunteer I think it's all part of it it's part of your yeah well isn't it and why like how you've come to talk about this and weirdly like I said it does actually I find it really helps my mental health helping others Mm. because when I'm on the call with people I'm not thinking about how anxious I feel or what's going on in my life I'm just like completely focused on them and actually that's a really good and sometimes you know I'm all all for talking and like you know but sometimes we need to distract ourselves and if that's listening to somebody else then you know so be it we've touched on it slightly but I think um wanted to ask you what your experience of volunteering and being a listening volunteer and also I suppose it's from your experience of having your own mental health struggles at school and college and university what has all of this taught you about the importance of having someone to listen to you or having that human connection even I would say that it has never been more important mm-hmm. because you know last year and obviously this year it's, it's spilled over and everything uh, with Covid you know we're seeing the amount of people that are struggling with you know loneliness isolation anxiety like mental health conditions as well it's you know it's really quite alarming and I would say that you know reaching out to somebody offering a listening ear and actually properly being there for somebody like I said before it 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 might sound dramatic but it really can mean the difference between like life and death or just making somebody smile and having you know feeling listened to makes somebody feel valued and it can really boost their mood, their self-esteem and like their day-to-day life. I really can't emphasise enough just, just how important something that might seem so small and in- insignificant can really, you know, the impact it can really, ha- really have on someone. And hopefully then they can kind of pay it forward and we can all get talking a bit more. Mental health, the stigma around mental health is changing, I'm pleased to say. But there, I think there are a lot of people um, that still don't feel comfortable talking about it. So mm-hmm. my hope is that me being open about, you know, what I've kind of gone through, which is nothing in comparison to others. But I'm hoping that, you know, it will enable people to just feel a bit more comfortable to talk um, and just to be a bit more open because there's nothing you know there's nothing to be ashamed of and we've all we all have dark days we all have down days but you know it's just important that we're there for each other you know you said it there is actually you don't need to be going through need to be in crisis to actually to have to ask for help yeah and often actually if you reach out before that point it will have, it will help 
you not get to the point of crisis so it's those small steps those small phone calls those check-ins with people how are you and ask you know how are you really because a lot of people be like yeah I'm fine mm-hmm. it's kind of digging a little bit deeper and like you say it will prevent people from hopefully getting to that kind of crisis point prevention isn't it it's making people yeah. aware it's okay to say yeah are you okay though um, and I think friends if they are having a bad day as you say, I, I know I do it myself a lot of the time and I work in a mental health you know, company is, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah. But then actually you think, oh, there's a whole list of things I could, I could be talking about right now. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to put it off. And like, if I'm feeling like really anxious, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, a lot of the time I don't want to talk. I kind of want to just shut the world away a little bit and hide under my duvet on the sofa. But I make myself now, I really do have to make the effort to go, you know, do you know what, I'm going to call someone mm-hmm. because I always feel better for it. So I think sometimes it is easier about pushing yourself out of that comfort zone and going like, do you know what, I am going to call, even if it's someone you've not spoken to in a little while, like, mm-hmm. give them, you know, giving them a bell or, yeah, it always helps. And, and likewise, and the kind of opposite of that, I would say that it's also okay to kind of cut out friendships and people that don't serve you. Mm-hmm. I've done that a lot more in the last year or two. I think I realised about, you know, what what friendship means to me and what like a, you know, a healthy relationship means to me. And sometimes, you know, you can forgive a lot in someone if they've got a good heart. But there are a lot of people that I kind of go, thank you for that friendship. That's not really serving me now. And like cutting out toxic people from your life is one of the most liberating things I think you can do. It's like unfollowing people on social media that don't make you feel good. I think it's important that we kind of have connections with people that are, you know, that want to be around us and are worthy of our time. So that's, yeah, that's another thing I think I've definitely learned last year in particular. It's like I, I have what I call um, high-hum friendships, like a, like a funny term that I've used. And I've tried to kind of like not cut them out, but just yeah. to kind of move away from those like, hi, hon, how's you? Yeah, I'm good, you? Because they don't really mean anything. And I'm sort of like, I say, I'm kind of, yeah, I sort of try to seek a bit more connection and and like real talk, really. So sometimes, you know, you know, like I can still find my friends and have a laugh. But I know if I find them, I was like, do you know what? I'm having the worst day. I feel really anxious. Or this is awful. They're like, okay, right talk what can I do rather than just like oh that's rubbish like hope you're okay soon like you know do you know what I mean so yeah I'm trying to veer away from the high hums I love that so I just want to talk briefly about your time on Bake Off firstly huge congratulations um I'm a big fan so you're a delight to watch it came at a particularly poignant time everyone needed it I know everyone that's who is a big fan of the show anyway really felt like it was that kind of light in a really dark time I wanted to ask first how was it being on the show and then how was it being on the show in 2020 (laughs) I it was a real honor because I have been like a baker super fan for so many years and I would race home from work on a Tuesday like bake something or pick up Mr Kipling pack of cakes or whatever and watch the show religiously so to be actually on it was just so surreal I think when we were filming it we kind of I think we realized that probably not to the extent we do now like how much it you know has meant to people and like how much it lifted people I think uh, maybe if we had have known that it would have put even more pressure on us maybe that's a good thing but no like certainly now like you can look back and go you know the amount of people that have said to me like thanks for lightening up my lockdown because you know Tuesday nights were such a highlight and yeah that really does mean a lot how is it being kind of in is it fair to say in the public eye since I know your Instagram following as well has grown quite substantially since yeah it's kind of a bit mad <laughs> 
how has that affected you? Um, I think um, for the most part I'm enjoying it. I think uh, I did struggle quite a bit with anxiety on the days that the show was coming out yeah. um, because you know as you know there was a couple of weeks where there was backlash and things like mm. that. I found Twitter quite a, a harmful place to be sometimes and a very negative space. Um, I think now that the show has aired I was worried I was going to miss it um, but I mean I do I miss the filming I miss the people but mm. I'm kind of like I'm glad it's done now. I feel like I'm going to move on a little bit with yeah. my, like my life and let's see what happens next. So yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity, but I'm quite, yeah, I'm quite excited for like the next chapter, I think. But yeah, you touched on, obviously there was, there were weeks where kind of there was more backlash. Twitter, I agree, can be quite a toxic place, I think. Mm. Toxic, that's the word. You did have some amazing people jump to your support which is you know wonderful did that help you at the time or is it again more now that you're out of it you're able to look back on it and kind of reflect differently no it definitely did help at the time I remember the day after the uh, semi-final semi-final yeah Ed I was really upset um the the trolling on Twitter was pretty bad um, and I saw the message from Amelia Clark and I remember just crying but with like happy tears like oh my god um so that really did beast me um and then having support from Paul as well I feel like it was really nasty like it was horrible and then I think because I was getting support people were like this is out of order like a lot of the past bakers as well stepped in and then you know I was still getting a bit of like you know abuse but it did kind of seem to shift a little bit and then it was mm -hmm. like yeah all right she's enough now like leave her alone um, and that did mean a lot to me and um, I won't lie it was a rough kind of few days to be honest with you um, but I tried as much as I could to stay off Twitter because I mm -hmm. I realised that looking at all of those things written about me was like a form of self-harm I don't need to read that stuff so I tried to avoid it as much as I could like I know that I tried my best I knew that I didn't make the rules I didn't choose to stay in the competition so I just had to kind of hold my head high and, and just get through it I just kept trying to tell myself which is something that like we often tell people when they call us Samaritans is like what you're feeling is temporary like it's worn it's horrible and it's hurtful now but like you won't always feel like this and uh, you know on the first day of it I couldn't think like that I couldn't think straight I was just so upset but after a while I was just like yeah it will pass it will pass like I've got to kind of sit with this anxiety for a little bit but it will be fine and it was and it is. Thank you for being so honest as well it's it almost spoils a time which was so special and like you say it's so changing yeah. and amazing so many positives but then yeah that it does come back to yeah it's a bit of a shame I feel like and I'm sure like I always wonder like if in a year's time I'm going to be like may, like maybe I haven't really dealt with it and I'm going to be like oh my god but um yeah I try and move on I'm trying yeah my best to be positive like I have yeah up and down those out everybody but mm -hmm. I try not to let it ruin the experience because the overall experience was fantastic thank you and do you yeah. all keep, do you keep in touch long after <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we did actually last Friday. All of I think all but a couple who couldn't make it for work or yeah. like genuine reasons. The, the majority of us all met up and did a Zoom ch chat for about three hours on Friday night, which was really lovely. Like we've got our WhatsApp group as well, mm -hmm. so we all check in on that. I talked with Lottie, and we've become quite close, and Mark and Sura. So yeah, I mean obviously there's like pockets of friendships and stuff, yeah. but we we do all get on really well. I think the the casting team are obviously really good because they pick you know obviously people that are sort of I suppose nice and just get on so yeah it's lovely and Raul calls me all the time as well um he won it a couple of years ago he's so sweet but yeah I always get messages from like past bakers especially like not just when the trolling thing was happening mm -hmm. but even now just being like how are you doing and 
last year's winner David as well has been really lovely like giving all of us bakers advice on like you know what to do and it's just really nice it does feel like sounds cheesy but it's a nice little bake-off family yeah hopefully you can now offer that support to those that are joining the family next year and in years to come yeah, that's the plan. Michael from last year has been a really big support to me as well. And I know that he supported the Samaritans campaign last year. And I kept saying to him, how can I repay you? Because he was such a rock to me, like throughout the whole thing. He was like, just do it for someone, do it for one of them or for however many bakers you can next year. So I quite like that idea of like paying it forward. Let's reach out, connect and, you know, yeah, be kind to one another. We'll get through it.